Welcome to Behind the Books, a podcast by the Mercer County Library System. Your hosts are Bob News and Anna Vanskoyk. Hello again, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of Behind the Books. We're happy to have you with us. Uh, Anna, in preparation for this one, you know, we always have a little staff meeting before we get started to plan out the episode and, and go through some of the things. And we we got into talking about some of the digital resources that we have in our digital collection because um, I'm not sure if other people do this, but I tend to listen to books on my way to and from work when I'm not listening to an episode of Behind the Books. There are things on these digital collections that maybe not everybody's aware of that we have out there. Okay, Bob is totally setting this up because I knew that one of our digital resources, Hoopla, had music on it, but I did not realize the extent of the music. And I was very happy to see that they had a huge catalog of Depeche Mode, which is, I just saw their concert this um, recently. And so I've been able to relive my teenage years um, through the Hoopla app. So it's, so I started searching through and it really is, there is just the spectrum of music is available and it's all free to boot with, (laughs) with your library card. The great thing about Hoopla is, if you see it there, you click on it and you, you automatically get it, download it. There's no putting it on hold or waiting. So a lot of times if I'm coming to work and I hop in the car and I'm think I pop on Hoopla and I can pick whatever I want, listen to, listen to all different kinds of music. So we encourage our listeners that if you have Hoopla, you should go on and check it out and just take a look at some of the different music that's on there. No, I do. I think it's it, there's a lot of um, content to discover on there. And again, I mean, I've we've had Hoopla for I don't know how many years for quite a while. And the fact that I'm just discovering the breadth of music, um, I felt like it was something we should share with our listeners as well. And we have Livy for books, and then we have our our latest addition to the digital collection, Canopy, which I have Canopy, but I haven't used it yet. But I've heard some great things about it from some of my coworkers who who rave about Canopy. So that's another thing that people might want to get on if they're interested in movies and television shows and things like that. So we have a lot to offer digitally in addition to what we have when people come into the branches. And you can find um, all of these resources on our website, mcl.org. But I will also link directly to the resources in our show notes just for easy access for our listeners. And speaking of our show... This week's episode has two guests that I know people are going to enjoy hearing from. Our staff guest, we spoke with Michael Kerr, who is the head of reference at the West Windsor branch. And as our author guest, we spoke with Sharice Harper, who, when we talk to her, people are going to be like, oh, yes, I remember that book. I remember that book because she's one of those authors that's written so many different things for so many different age levels for kids that as we talk to her, people are going to realize Oh, yeah, she wrote that. I really like that book. But before we get to her, we're going to start off with our staff interview, and we'll be right back with our conversation with Michael Kerr. Well, 
Welcome to this segment of Behind the Books, where we take the time to talk to a staff member from the Mercer County Library System. Today, we have the great pleasure to talk with Michael Kerr, who is in the reference department at the West Windsor branch. Michael, thank you so much for taking time to talk with us today. Okay, thanks. So Michael, can you tell us a little bit about, um, you know, we say reference and that's such a library term. Can you tell us a little bit, a bit about what you do as a reference librarian at the West Windsor branch? Well, at the West Windsor branch, I'm head of reference, which means I take care of scheduling people at the desk. And, you know, so if they have um, programs they need to do, I wanna make sure there's coverage at the desk, but people are able to get enough time off the desk to do other things. So that's an important thing. And also, at at the desk we answer questions about you know factual questions plus um you know how to find books where to find things in databases so that's a lot of it information services and also we do like you know selection of books we each have our area to select from so that's a big thing also we do various programs you know there's an adult program coordinated by dennis and meg at the west windsor branch here that and karina who's also does some programs, ELCA does some programs. Also, we have notary services, which are very popular. And we have uh, Lauren, who's a new person, a part-timer at our branch, and Meg, both do notaries. I find it interesting too, and you brought this up about answering questions, because one of the things I, before I started working at the library that I never realized is that, you know, I always thought the person at the reference desk, someone would come up to you and ask you where to find a book, but you guys get some incredible questions, right? Like they expect you pretty much to be able to answer anything about anything. Yeah, we get a lot of that type of, and technical stuff too, so. So yeah, we oh, answer questions about anything, yeah. That's a good point about the technical stuff because I feel like that has increased exponentially throughout <laughs> through the, the recently. I mean, it's yes. people bring their tablets in, their phones. Yeah. So we're basically expected to be able to get people their information they need or the books they need across a variety of devices. So in addition to being, you know, providing information, you're also technical support and all kinds of things for people. So. Yes, within our capacity to do it, we do provide technical support. And if they're, we're not able to do it, we refer them to IT. So, so we do as much as we can in terms of that. Right, and I always think people are appreciative that we're trying, and that if we can't do it, then we can point it to um, some other some of our colleagues yes. in the system. Yes. Yeah. So, Michael, you had talked about that you do some collection development. That you there's certain items yeah. that you select for the collection. Is what is the area that you focus on? Well, for me, uh, first of all, reference books in general, I do, and also um, in the nonfiction, the computer books. I do a lot of development in that area, history, and a few other areas. I mean, everyone reference has a few different areas they specialize in, and then they do collection development and also weeding of those areas. So probably the most intense collection development is the computer books, because we're always getting new ones and throwing away <laughs> old ones. It is really difficult because we only have a small section for computer books, yet we have to keep rebalancing the collection all the time. It's really a continuous effort. I know this is a big month for you too, because it's October and you're involved with the Halloween Play Fest at the West Windsor branch. Um, yes. Can you talk a little bit about that and what goes into that? Well, yes. Um, well, we do, in August, we do auditions for people. It's really, really team plays and we do auditions for people, uh, 
12 to 18 who do acting want to do acting and if we can get people for the crew we also get people for the crew but that's a bit more difficult but yeah so i write plays short plays every year sometimes i write longer ones but the last few years i've been doing short plays and then we rehearse the plays through the months of september and october and in late october we put them on in one of our meeting rooms and then we sort of invite the community to come and take a look at the plays it just sounds like a huge undertaking. I did not realize that you wrote the plays until this year. I always knew about the Play Fest, but I didn't know that you wrote them. Are you working on them all year or is it something well, that you... Usually it's, I start early, maybe winter, early spring. It usually takes a couple of months to finish all the plays. So it's not all year, but, you know, sort of at the beginning to the middle of the year is when I work on the actual plays, writing the plays. Well, I have to say that when we went full remote during the pandemic, I got to be part of um, the reading that you did online with the, the students or the teenagers at that time. And I just remember you just, you have such a great rapport. That's what I remember taking away from that. I mean, the plays were funny and they were witty and some were dramatic. I mean, it really was this great experience, but you really have this great rapport with the actors and the teenagers. And I can say that now, and I'm gonna get a little personal now because my son is partaking in the plays and a couple of the plays this year. And I can honestly say he is having an amazing time. And I just think it takes a very special person to work with that, that age group. And I don't know what it is, but you are, you are doing a fabulous job. Well, thanks, I appreciate that. And it's really an important skill because if you can't get everyone working together, it's hard to get the plays to come together. So, you know, I try to, you know, spur people's creativity, let them get into the role on their own and, you know, see what they can make out of it, you know, and also bring everyone together to get the right things done at the right time on stage. So, so yeah, it is a, diff it is a difficult thing to do, but yeah, it's definitely worthwhile. So. And I was wondering, just how long you've been doing this because I we have a colleague here at the Hopewell branch who I just found out today her son was involved with the place and he's out of college already yes so you've obviously yes. been doing this for quite a while right right yes um yes um since well the Halloween play since 2007 and you know a couple of years we before that I did you know plays during other times of year but the Halloween plays at the West Windsor branch started in 2007 so I've been doing those continuously for quite a long time. Well, those plays are taking place this year on Octo Friday, October 20th at eight o'clock. Yes. yes. Saturday, October 21st at three and eight o'clock. So two yes. offerings on Saturday, the 21st. Yes. And then Sunday, the 22nd at three o'clock is the final yes. um, showing. Yes. So yes. we will make sure to link to those into our show notes so people can access them. Um, there is no registration that's needed, but I know you open no. the doors 20 minutes beforehand. Yes. So yeah, people can just come, you know, you don't have to register beforehand, just come to any of the performances, which is most convenient. Well, I am very much looking forward to it. And uh, just a reminder to our listeners, we've been talking with Michael Kerr from the West Windsor branch. Michael, thank you so much for taking time to talk to us today. Okay, thanks, I appreciate it. Thank you.
Hello again, everyone, and welcome back to the next portion of Behind the Books. Thanks so much to Michael Kerr for talking to us about what he does at the West Windsor Library and the plays that will be coming up. And Anna, you know, the, the play at West Windsor, Halloween-themed, makes me think about the fact that people should get out to the branches and check out all the Halloween theme things that people have at all the branches. Every branch has got their decorations. Nothing quite matches Daniel Benner's desk, but there is plenty to see at the Mercer County Library in terms of people getting ready for the Halloween season. So, And then we also have some virtual programs coming up that I know you wanted to talk about and let our listeners know about. I do want to, I'm sorry, I'm laughing because I feel like some of the, some of the branches have gone so all out that I feel like you walk in and you can smell pumpkin spice. And I don't know if that's true or if it's just psychosomatic, but anyway, we do hope that people are getting out and visiting the branches. Um, I do want to share a couple of our upcoming virtual programs that we have scheduled. Um, A lot of you have probably um, been to some of our programs that have been presented by Jeannie Johnson, who is a docent at Princeton University Art Museum, as well as Morven Museum and Garden. But she's also an avid traveler, and she is going to do a program for us about her travels to Iceland and Greenland, uh, which is going to take place on Tuesday, October 24th at 7 in the evening. And she will be presenting Iceland and Greenland, North Atlantic Splendor, and this will be virtual, so you can register at mcl.org, as well as our app, MyMCLSNJ. And again, that's on October 24th at 7 in the evening. And then, Bob, with you talking about Halloween, we are bringing that kind of Halloween spirit to our virtual programs. Uh, We have historian Mickey DeCamillo, who is going to be presenting When There Were Witches, an exploration of the Salem Witch Trials which will be taking place on Monday, October 30th at seven in the evening. And again, this is a virtual program. So you need to register to receive that link to attend. And again, you can go to mcl.org and go to our events calendar, or you can use our app, MyMCLSNJ. I gotta say that Iceland and Greenland is the kind of trip that I probably would have liked to have taken myself. And since I know that'll probably never happen, this program will be the next best thing. So I might have to check that one out. Do you have a, is that a place you really like, do you have a bucket list? Like, is that a place you'd really want to go? I don't know if I have a bucket list, but I would like to go to Iceland someday. Doesn't it Mine's seem like Turkey? It would, Turkey? Mm-hmm. Iceland seems like a nice place. Sometimes it's nice. Uh, if we can't go there, we're going to have people bring them to us so we can visit it some one way or another. A wonderful idea. People might want to check that out with our virtual program coming up later this month. As far as our episode of Behind the Books, next up for us is our conversation with author Sharice Harper. Sharice Harper is the award-winning author and illustrator of numerous children's books and series, including the Just Grace series, the Fashion Kitty series, and the Next Best Junior Chef series. Harper's signature wit, 
kid-friendly illustrations and wholly original style have made her a familiar name with caregivers, educators, and librarians, loving for books that encourage imagination and showcase art education. Sharice, thank you so much for taking time to uh, talk to us today. I'm excited to be here. It was funny getting ready to interview you. I was like, okay, let me see what, let me see what book has come out recently. And I'm like, find it. It's like just one. <laughs> it's, like, it's like numerous books have come out. Um, like I cannot draw a bicycle, which is the picture book. Um, the third installment of the uh, Pepper and Boo series recently came out, Pause Up for Joy. Uh, but I also would like to talk eventually at some point today about your junior graphic memoir, Bad Sister. Oh, yeah. Just, I, just looking at everything that you've done, I the first thing that popped in my head was what came first, the illustrator or the writer? The illustrator, which is interesting because I started out as, uh, I started out doing comics before I did anything else. I did comics for um, weekly newspapers in the United States. And then um, after that, I did, I sort of transitioned into picture books doing illustration. I didn't feel very confident about my writing. And so I had a huge collection of uh, picture books and uh, wanted to be just like all those cool people that I saw. And so I tried to do that. And got into picture books and then I was doing picture books and then I had an editor who said why don't you try to do a chapter book and I was like no way I can't write I, I you know I need the pictures because I can't I can do words and pictures but I'm not going to be able to just write a chapter book and she said oh yes I think you can why don't you put together a proposal so I did a proposal and that was for the first just grace book and I sent it in and she said okay we're going to buy this and she sent me the contract and I just sat with it because I was so nervous. I didn't sign it. And so like a month and a half later, she called and she's like, so is, is there something wrong because we haven't received your contract? I'm like, I can't do it. It's just, I, I can't write. I'm not a writer. And she's like, yes, you can write. And so she said to do it. And of course, then I had so many just grace books come out. I can't remember how many there are, like 12 or something. So I could write. Um, and the problem was I would just so much that you know I love tangents and everything so that was the problem for me is like trying to clean up and and stay focused on what the story was about because I could just be happily go off and write 500 pages about something that had nothing to do with my original idea so that's been a challenge for me and I would say now where I am in my career I feel more confident about writing than illustrating wow that's, that's interesting, interesting. <laughs> yeah well it's yeah. interesting too because you know Anna touched on it when with the first question about you know how you're you're writing books, you're illustrating books, you're doing graphic novels, uh, chapter books, picture books, is that variety something that that you like? Like I know some people might start off in one and then go to another, but it seems like you're all over and keeping them all fresh, right? All different areas. Yeah, I, I like. I think I get bored easy, so I like. I I mean, I bet I really like writing graphic novels. I love the element of. Um, stage direction where you're writing what happens in the panel and then figuring out how many panels on the page, but not having to, not having to visual, not visualizing how creative they are. I like, I love writing dialogue. So that's what it is. Um, so I like the stage direction and the dialogue. Actually, I'm writing uh, one right now. So it, it's very fun. And I feel like it's very freeing because I don't have to illustrate. And I don't, you know, I can illustrate like silly little characters, but I can't draw anything in perspective. <laughs> it's just not going to happen. So being able to write something that requires perspective is like really freeing, knowing that I don't have to illustrate it. It's like, oh, I can, I'm not limited by my skills, right? So I can write anything. So that's really fun. And then I like picture books too. I've always loved picture books. And 
those are, you know, those are great. And chapter books, I don't know that I'm going to step into the world of chapter books again, like a, a really long, long chapter book. It's all consuming, I think, in a way that the other two are not. I can sort of pull away from the other two, but a chapter book is just stuck in my head 24 hours a day when I'm writing. Do you know, so like I'm thinking about like the I Cannot Draw a Horse, I Cannot Draw a Bicycle, the two picture books that um, are relatively new to your portfolio, which I love because I cannot draw and I follow these. I'm like, I can draw a horse using using this that you've made. Do you know it's going to be a picture book or do you have the idea maybe it might be like an early reader graphic novel or, I mean, how do you, do you know what you're going to do when you already have, when you get your idea? I I think I, for those, I did know it was going to be a picture book. Yeah. I do think I know what, where, where, what I'm doing. Yeah. I think I, I know it's going to be a graphic novel or it's going to be, I spend, I spend, you know, I spend a lot of time writing books, but I really spend way more time thinking about books. Like before I write anything, I've probably thought about the book for three months, think in my head. So there's, you know, it's, I, I can't imagine just sitting down and starting to write without having done that other process part of thinking. And sometimes I make notes and sometimes I don't, but I, you know, I, I'm not the kind of person that's just going to be given, here's some prompts. So why don't you sit down and write a book? I'm like, oh, I can't do that. <laughs> I, I can't do that. I need to think about it first. So really thinking about it is, the most valuable part of my job, I think that, you know, it's, it's essential. When we've seen it here at the library, and we've also talked to a number of authors about it, and I feel like the graphic novel, especially at the junior graphic novel level, has really taken off in the last few years. I mean, you see so many, and, and they're not just, that's just, just that there's a lot of them. There are a lot of really good ones. Is that something that, like, you know that that's what, kind of appeals to the readers now and, and you want to go in that direction with that? Well, I'm going to tout my own horn here, but Fashion Kitty was one of the first um, graphic novels for girls ever. Um, I think Baby Mouse and Fashion Kitty came out about the same time. And those two were, I mean, really within weeks of each other, those two were the first two graphic novels for girls. I think before that we had um, Super Diaper Baby and those other books which are I was a huge fan of so I and I also started my career in comics doing a weekly comic strip so I feel like I sure I'm on the bandwagon but I was at the beginning of the bandwagon a little bit I think so I, I feel like I deserve to be there <laughs> I, I think I paid my dues and so someone can't if someone just says oh you're just jumping on doing what everybody else is doing I kind of like well you can think that but I know that you know that's I got I, I got my start in comics I love comics I read comics when I was a kid. It was a, it was a big part of my life. So, yeah, I, I, I like that comics are so popular now, but at the same time, I bet it's going to be harder for me to sell my comics. So that part maybe not so great. But, you know, for the for the world in general, I'm happy for the world. But you're the trailblazer. You're the one who, who helped yeah. get it all going for us. So that's yeah, good. Well, you and I know that. Who else knows that? Well, the, the fact that just your kind of your comments on um, comics and using that as a, a venue, you know, as a, as a medium to get to bring the story to people, your graphic memoir, Bad Sister, obviously was made into a graphic um, in the graphic format. And that makes sense why you chose that. But I think it's interesting. Well, it's it's interesting on so many levels. It's so different from other things that I've seen from you. Pepper and Boo, a Fashion Kitty, Just Grace, the series. I mean, was it 
done? Was it scary? It's a memoir. I mean, it's you and you're admitting you were a bad I know, but not in person, right? It's in a book, so it's not That's really right. <laughs> That's right. I was a little scared coming online yeah, with you it's today. Different. It's like a confessional where you're, you're kind of hidden, sort of, not really. I've wanted to do this book for a long time because okay. I, I have felt incredibly guilty about how I treated my brother for years and years and years and years. And so it was cathartic for me in a way to, to write this and to give it to him as like, hey, I, I recognize that I could have been a better sister and you're really awesome, which he is, the second grade teacher. And to be fair, he would tell his students about the stuff I used to do to him and they wouldn't believe him. So it was like, okay, I'm giving you this book and I'm going to, I'm going to um, confess and you can always show them this book if they don't believe you. So the only bad thing was he had one of his co-teachers come and just be very upset that I'd taken such advantage of him. And so he had to sort of calm her down and said, no, it's okay. We're good now. <laughs> But it's it's amazing that you could have that kind of an outlet, right? Like you're you're able to put that on, you know, on on the page and and kind of as you said, it's like cathartic for you, right, to be able to do that. And it's not not everybody has that kind of outlet. Yeah, well, I feel I feel like I'm lucky, and and um, I hope to do you know maybe another one, not not about him, but you know something similar, maybe. You could do the sequel, really bad sister. Yeah, really bad. <laughs> And she still gets away with it. <laughs> no, no, I think I think the badness is is gone. I was I was I was very careful with my own kids who I have a, oh. a older daughter and a younger son to make sure my daughter was not also a bad sister. She's an awesome sister though. So I didn't have to worry. Was it a conscious decision that you wouldn't be the illustrator for Bad Sister? It's um it's illustrated by Rory, I don't want to mess up the name. Rory Lucy? Yeah, Rory Lucy. Yeah, no, it was absolutely. I could not have illustrated that book, and yeah, and I'm not fast enough. Incredibly fast, and I mean, it's so much work. To, I mean, I wrote the book, and I don't know how long it took me—like six months, let's say. He illustrated the book. It's almost like a year and a half of his life he has to give up to illustrate that book. Mm -hmm. So that really is our book together. You know, it's not just my book; it's it's his book too. I mean, he he added so many great details. You know, did so much research on the outfits and, you know, the time period and all these things. I mean, in my in my head now, when I think back to my memories, his pictures come in my head, too. So it's, you know, he's he's changed my memory by putting it into a book. And so it's for me, it's real everything he's done. And yeah, I can't say enough about how amazing and how lucky I feel that he was the one to illustrate my book. He did a great job. Well, it's a great read and I do, I do love the illustrations with it, but I also love the story and I just, I commend you for sharing it with them, um, with others. Cause I think siblings, you know, sibling relations is kind of a thing. It's not going anywhere, right? right. <laughs> I yeah, have two sons. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, we've been talking with Sharice Harper about um, kind of all things books. Uh, we've talked about her new picture book, I Cannot Draw a Bicycle. Um, we've talked about her graphic memoir, Bad Sister, as well as other uh, books in her series. Sharice, thank you so much for taking time to talk with us today. Oh, it was so fun. Thank you for having me. Welcome back, everyone, as we wrap up this episode of Behind the Books. Thanks so much to Sharice Harper. 
for taking the time to talk to us about her writing. And uh, Anna, I enjoyed that conversation because I went into it and I knew about some of the things like the Just Great series and some of the graphic novels that she's done. But it was interesting getting into some of the deeper conversation about just how much variety there's been in, in her work that she's done over the years with her career. That's very funny that you mentioned that because when we scheduled her, obviously the Just Grace series, the Fashion Kitty series, those definitely came to mind. But then when I started kind of delving into all of her different, what she's published, I was like, oh my gosh, I've read some of these books to my kids when they were little. Like that, that go, go, go stop one really was a staple in our house. And I can remember my younger son knew where it was on the shelves here, but I never put it together that that's who we were talking to for this interview. So it really was kind of fun being able to talk to her about that. But I think she has such a variety that she does. And talking about her junior graphic memoir, Bad Sister, um, I really enjoyed that because I, I just kind of talking about how that was such a different endeavor for her. It was illustrated by somebody else. And um, I really enjoyed that conversation. And like a lot of the authors that we've talked to, she just must work constantly because she's always turning something out and there's always something new. So, right. So she has these chapter books. She has these graphic novels. But then most recently what she's doing are these picture books. Um, she had I Cannot Draw a Horse. Uh, which came out a couple of years ago. And now what, what recently just came out, I Cannot Draw a Bicycle. So she's kind of introducing us to all new characters um, and drawing, which I'm not a drawer, but I can actually, I can draw a bicycle now following the picture book. And we also had an opportunity to talk with Michael Kerr about what he does at West Windsor and about the plays he has coming up. I know I've got it marked on my calendar. I'm looking forward to getting out to West Windsor and checking out one of the plays. You never know when you're going to discover a a talented new young actor out there or actress. And uh, I just think it's great the way that he gets so many people involved. And as he said, it's a staple. He's been doing this for 15, 20 years. So it's uh, I think people probably really look forward to it every year. I was so happy that he agreed to come on for an interview because um, it's not everybody's cup of tea, right? Let's be honest. You, you know, you're coming on. It's, it's, we're librarians. We're very quiet people, introverted people. But he, his his involvement with the plays, um, I think he is doing such an amazing job. And I think he said something towards the end of our interview where he's like, you know, this is a place where they can come and let everything go. And they have this outlet to be something else and, and pursue something else. And just the confidence builder that it can be. Um, so along with his obviously very capable um, librarian skills. He is bringing this whole other dimension to the West Windsor branch. Once again, Anna, two great people to talk to, two conversations we enjoyed, and hopefully our listeners enjoyed listening to both Michael and Sharice. Before we sign off, I do want to thank Michael Kerr again, as well as Sharice Harper for taking time out of their bus very busy days to talk with us. Bob, I'll see you back in the studios in two weeks. Thank you for listening to Behind the Books, a podcast by the Mercer County Library System. Don't forget to subscribe and please leave us a review. For more information about the Mercer County Library System, please visit us on the web at mcl.org. We are produced by Laura Narasik. 
Our thanks goes out to Kim Livingston for her technical expertise, as well as to Dana Benner for creating our cover art. Your hosts are Bob Noose and Anna Vanskoy.